in the order of service, there's a, it says sermon, Romans 4. This is ready for heaven. And in parentheses, a question mark, and then parentheses, an exclamation point. Now, where are you at in terms of your relationship with God will determine which punctuation mark you pick. Are you ready for heaven? Maybe, sort of, hopefully, by some miracle? Divine lottery, some, some, something to get you in? You've done enough children's talks to qualify? You know, what, what to... Are you ready for heaven with an exclamation point? No doubt about it. No hesitation. No second thoughts. You know you're ready for heaven. Now, a little story goes, in Sunday school class, uh, teacher said, well, who, who's ready to go to heaven? Everybody, every kid in class raised a hand except for one boy. Teacher said, aren't you ready for heaven? Boy said, yes. But I thought you were getting up a busload today. <laughs> well, there's some who would say, yeah, Lord, take me home. I'm ready. I've had enough in my life. I've seen my children, my grandchildren, etc. My health is poor. I'm on my way out. My health is fragile. I'm ready to go. Where's the bus? Now, the rest of us are healthy and energetic, and we're, we got everything under control, and we still got plenty of life to live. Well, whatever. But the question mark or exclamation point has to do with our relationship with God, our confidence in His promises and in His strength and in His power. And now we get back into Abraham and all those. Because Paul is saying getting into heaven doesn't depend on us. It depends on God. And Paul then talks about Abraham and so forth in terms of earning our way into heaven. Now the problem is, it's very simple. All you got to do is obey God perfectly. I didn't say easy, I said simple. Just trust God, love Him, and live perfectly, and you'll get into heaven. Isn't it great? Trouble is, this is the front page of the front section of the uh, Vancouver newspaper and from this morning, and guess what? There's a virus going around making a lot of people sick and killing some people. Why don't we take care of that? Well, we're trying, but in the meantime, and now we got other stuff in here, car crashes and famines and locusts and floods and murders and, you know, the list goes on, doesn't it? I don't have to tell you 
that our world's really messed up. And we human beings are responsible for a whole lot of it. Are we going to be able to obey God perfectly? Paul says no. You just go back to the previous chapter there in Romans, chapter 3, and he says, everybody falls short. We're all sinners. We're also all guilty of disobeying God. You going to go to heaven? I don't think so. Not on your own merits. We just can't obey God perfectly. We can't even take care of our own world. We don't even do a great job of taking care of ourselves. I was at a band concert yesterday over here in Gladstone. And we had practiced, we had rehearsed. And I could play all the notes. I knew all the fingerings on my French horn. And I still made mistakes. I admit it. Partly it's because I'm old, but partly because I'm not as good as I used to be. If the conductor had just slowed the music down, I would have gotten more of the notes. And that was just the afterbeat, which is sort of the life of the French horn player. Oompa, oompa. We can't even take care of ourselves. How are we supposed to do in terms of our relationship with God when he says, be perfect, be holy, be righteous? Oh, come on, God. What do you expect out of me? Be holy, be righteous, be perfect. And that way I don't have to send my son to the cross in your place to experience your punishment, to take your guilt and your damnation on him. Yes, Lord. Now what? You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're reconciled because of him who hung on the cross for us. Makes it real simple, doesn't it? We give him our sins, our guilt, our disobedience, our stubbornness, our rejection, our... This goes on. He takes it for us. He's made to be sin for us. So that now God the Father can look at us and declare us holy, acceptable. Come on in. You're ready for heaven. And because it depends on him and not on us, we can have an exclamation point. Ready for heaven. Yeah. The trouble is... We grow up. You know, these kids who are here, you say, you believe in Jesus? Yeah, of course. You love him? Oh, of course. You ready to go to heaven? Of course. Maybe not today, but of course. They have no doubt. But then they and we grow up and we start thinking. And we develop some doubts. 
on a late sh TV show la the other night. There's a guy on there, uh, you probably may have heard of him, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's an astrophysicist, he's a great communicator, very intelligent, very gifted, very understandable communicator, very appealing. Not the other night, but in a previous experience, I heard him say that he doesn't believe in God. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy who has everything going for him, highly gifted, highly talented, says there is no God. He's come to that conclusion. There is no God. And then I hear God say, he's a fool. But at the same time, the reasons that this guy gives are, seem to be compelling. What evidence is there really for God? And the old thing, if God is so loving and so powerful, why do we have suffering and pain? And the answers God gives, like at the end of the book of Job, don't satisfy us. God says to Job, yeah, I took away your health, or allowed the devil to take away your health, kill your children, take away all the stuff you have, ruin your marriage. You're in a lot of pain. And I'm not going to tell you why I let, let all that happen. Just trust me. Compared with that, we're going, does it really make sense to believe in God? See how the doubts come in? Does it really make sense to trust God? Ready for heaven? Well, that's where the question mark comes in. Years ago, in the 1970s, I realized for some of you that's before you were born, okay? That makes me feel old. But anyway, I'd go around and vi visit members in the congregation. And Kennedy evangelism was a big deal in those days. And one of the questions there about Kennedy evangelism was, if you were to die tonight and you were to meet God at the entrance into heaven, and he said, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? Well, a lot of people who had been sitting in front of me listening to my fantastic sermons for a couple of years at that point said, I don't know. <laughs> the trouble is there were Lutherans. Lutherans don't have that kind of conversation. Are you saved, brother? Well, yeah, I guess so. That's the Lutheran response. We just don't engage in comments like that. If you're Baptist, you say, yeah, praise the Lord. Me and God are right with it. But when I said, okay, do you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? They said, well, yeah. Now that you put it that way, I know what you're talking about. What do you trust in Jesus. And say in the songs, of the, rock, the words of Rock of Ages, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And God would say, come on in, my son, my daughter. But still we have to wrestle with the reality that sometimes puts a little question mark in our minds. Can we trust God? Do we love him? Does he love us? Ready for heaven? 
no, we're not getting up a busload today, okay? That would mean the rest of us would have to have more funerals. Well, we've already had a lot here, okay? Unless it's the rapture, then we don't have to do with, hey, forget the funerals. That's another thing we Lutherans really don't talk about much, is it? Rapture. That's all right, because we don't, really don't understand it. We can't agree on what it is anyway. But anyway. Ready for heaven? Yeah. Because of what God has done for us in his son Jesus Christ. Because what he has done for us. It all depends on him. His power, his salvation, his sacrifice, his defeat of death. It all depends on him. And he gives it all to us as a gift. You know when? Baptism. And he reinforces that each time we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And he reminds us of that over and over again. That because he loves us, he redeems us. He forgives us. He accepts us. Used to be when pastors wore black robe with a white thing over it. There, there are official names for that stuff, but uh, anyway, I use that as an illustration. We are black with sin. We're washed with the red blood of Jesus, and we come out white. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of God. He takes us as we are, and he really does a good job of cleaning us up so that we are acceptable to him. He's able to say, come on in. Because of my love, not because of what you've done, which doesn't count because it's not good enough, come on in. Because I want you with me. I have loved you and forgiven you. You're mine. That's good news. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we continue with the Nicene Creed. Our confession of faith in response to what we have heard from God today. The Nicene Creed. And we say together, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, college one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.